Steering. Welcome to the Mark Steering Music Podcast. This podcast is audio journal and my guest night's adventures throughout the world of live and local music. My name is Mark Steering. I'm a 20 plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check out MarkSteryMusic.net for upcoming shows, news, and info. Like a toss or buck or two in the podcast tip jar, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Starry Music Podcast. Highlight gig of the week was rocking out at Balsam Lake Brewery in Balsam Lake, Wisconsin with Brian K. Johnson. A packed house of summer fun. This week's podcast, number 347, on Friday, June 17, 2022, is part two of three with five time USA Olympian in curling and skip for Team Schuster, John Schuster. We talk curling under pressure, the Mount Rushmore of curlers, and more. Enjoy the conversation. Dale, do you have any specific like curling questions you wanted to ask John while we got him? Well, I do, but I wanted to go back to you didn't ask me about my favorite song. I was playing air guitar in St. Paul Curling Club. It was in the Gata de Vida. <laughs> I turn around and there was a fire below standing right next to me. It wasn't Mikey, it was Willie. So I've been friends with Willie for 20, 30 years now. So I'll just put to that. But my, <laughs> my, my, my question is now that you're at this level, how do you practice more? How is it? I practice more. I practice the same number of days, but I put a lot more quality into my practice into than quantity. Practice. And I imagine that's probably the same way. I mean, for you in music, you might play less, but you're probably more focused on what you're playing as opposed to just putting. For me, when I was a kid, I'd go out there and throw hundreds of stones. stones. Like, And the quantity was more important than Is the quality. But team, now, team my, or I mean, we practice you? a little bit as a team, but mostly like we practice individual and we play a lot of games together. Like we'll play on the World Curling Tour where oh, no. you know, yeah. we'll play 80 games during a year. And that time we spend on the ice during the tour season we're just refining 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 everything we're doing to try to be in the best place possible for our national championships and world championships and i think since we took that approach as opposed to practicing together all the time right which i've never been on teams that have done a lot of that but now that we've kind of embraced that particular way of doing it you know we've our results have really followed in the Do last you 10 years rewatch the games via tv or video i had rarely or? rewatch curling games i okay i don't know it's i i watch curling games that other people are playing Wait. live that i don't know results for but i don't go back and watch a lot of our games it's fun to go back and watch you know i'll go back and rewatch one from world championship just to see you know and there's a few times in there when you when i'm watching I'm like man that was dumb but I try it. It's not that often. Whereas when I'm watching live somebody else play, I'm like, man, this is really dumb. And it happens, you know, almost once and end for one one team or another. But I go back and watch our games. I'm like, ah, we probably could have done this differently in that particular. So did end. you rewatch what with that Swedish guy when he did the spin around? Oh, I've that? I've watched that game a couple times. <laughs> He's referring to the gold medal game from yep. 2018. Oh, that, is that what it was? Yeah, he his last shot. And actually, that's a point of contention though with with our team. I'm not. Uh-oh. I didn't care at the time, oh. but you know if those guys played that last end, uh, Tyler thinks that you know they should have played that end out until we eliminated, eliminated. them mathematically, and oh. he did that three sixteen threw it into the house, and they still had a rock left. So yeah. um, we could have very we should have had it been what they were doing. 
them allow me to throw and hit out their last stone to clinch the Olympics. But he did that little 360 and stood up and shook hands and made it about him. And that was something that Tyler was not a fan of. But you know what? If they're going to hand me an Olympic gold after the game's done, I don't care how it ends. So I wasn't really that. But but Tyler actually did take some... Uh, he he wasn't a huge fan of of him like taking our like trying to take part of our moment for himself. Yeah, but didn't he get a new pair of shoes out of that? I don't know. <laughs> Matt probably did. He was a broadcaster, though, wasn't he? He did. Great. Tyler was. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. He did great at this last wow, Olympics. He's impressive. but he's one of those people like his strength of being on our team was that he knows the game as well or better right. than anybody in the world, and and his ability to even communicate that through this last Olympics, I think, shined right through, and, and it's something that was a natural fit for him. He was so down-to-earth and easy to listen to and just fantastic. Can I ask one quick question? Yeah. No. No. Okay, no. I, I this is great. You guys, I mean, This is awesome. This is my question, and you've probably heard it a million times before, but what do you really think is hardest about curling? The physical part, sliding out there, getting all your moves correct, hitting the broom, right release, or this part here. Oh. She's pointing at her head. She's her yeah, probably, if my grandma's listening, yeah. she's pointing at her head. The, 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 the mental part of it. Yes, that's the most difficult. I think I mean, it's so initially for curling is is getting the balance down and being able to deliver a stone deliver. exactly the same. It's like mm-hmm. golf, for instance. Like everybody can kind of go out there. If you hit. You know, go to the driving range enough. You go to the golf course enough. You can get to the point where you can enjoy the game, and that's worth curling. I think a lot of it is is you can do it enough, the physical part, but getting that balance point down. And I always tell people, like, getting your left foot that you're sliding on, the part with the slider, getting that directly centered under your torso so your body doesn't drift one way or another when you're sliding with it is the most important thing to be able to start making precise shots. And then once we get to our level, then a lot of it becomes, you know, the mental side of it, the communication part within a team. And, yeah. and managing the ice. And that's something where our team, you know, from that perspective, I think that's what's led to a lot of our success over the last decade was the fact that we've really stepped up our game, both, you know, being ready to throw a shot mentally, but also as a team communicating how we are going to do that or what what's happening or when the rock's coming down. Like this is, you know, the, my sweepers communicate, this is the weight. And I tell them, okay, it has to curl or... Or you know we gotta go, and mm-hmm. and that communication is a team. So it's a, it it really is a mix. At the beginning, the the most difficult part is the the balance and the getting balance. the release down and all right, that kind of stuff. But right. once you get that down, then it kind of it kind of actually flips to to a lot of the mental side being the the you, part that separates the when, top from the near top. And when you're out there, say like throwing the last shot, you your head is just totally focused. Focus. I mean, hopefully, how, how do you? I mean. You know what I'm saying? That's it's what he lives for. That's what he curls. Know, but that's where, you know, I had yeah. trouble he's super, throwing. He's super competitive, so yeah. he's... The adrenaline has kicked in. You're not looking at anybody you else. You get like a fog or a blank. Well, I'm sure you don't. Well, but, but I mean, that's the part for me is uh, is there's a little autopilot involved, but that's where, for me, if we talk through how we're trying to throw the shot, mm-hmm. you know, my guys, you know, you hear a lot of people, and even in sports or whatever, especially in curling, you know, someone would get into the hack to throw a shot, an important shot, and... Here's some one of the sweepers go, you got this, like positive encouragement. But like for me, our team is not allowed to talk unless it's something that's related to how we're going to get this. Not you got this. Like, I don't want to hear fluff. Like, okay, tell tell me what you think is important for me to get this. Not you got this. So like our team is not allowed to say you got this or yeah, let's, you know. I always like Like, the don't don't be light. That's it. You tell somebody exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you also want to say, be heavy enough. Like, yeah, I don't know if that's any better. You got backing. 
So like like with music, like performing at a big concert or something like that, you deal with and you deal with like nerves and performing in front of people as an athletic event. How do you deal with pressure or like nerves performing on like live TV? Every time I've done a live TV thing, it kind of puts your brain like something I do every day, just a nuanced little thing like guitar. It kind of switches into extreme pressure and you hopefully you get through it. But how do you... I practice that. How do yeah. you do it? I figured it out halfway through the 2018 Olympics. I, I figured it out enough to get to the Olympics a bunch of times, but halfway through 2018, uh, for me, I really it it finally clicked for me that when you are on those biggest stage, stages, if you actually just focus on the process as opposed to the outcome, like that's where like the magic happens. So you know, for me, it's okay. That was I had trouble getting over how much I cared about the Olympics and how much I wanted to perform for my country and for my family. And I love the Olympics. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge Olympics fan, and it meant so much to me. But when I was finally able to detach that emotion of what this means and just focus on the things that I worked on about you know being a great skip, throwing a great rock, being a great teammate. When I started focusing on those kind of things and the process of how I do that, as opposed to like what comes out of doing that. And like the whether it be the fame or the glory or the even like how much it meant to like to show my life's work what's out there when I just was able to now focus on that process of how I got there and just going out there and doing it on that. And so not caring what the stage is, but, you know, like, how do I be a great teammate? How do I make great decisions out here? And that's what I when I was able to focus on that, uh, it someone I think just asked me this last Olympics, like it was hockey. The hockey team was uh, at our, you know, bronze medal game, they're like, "How on earth do you deal with the cameraman being three feet from your face when you're sliding? Like, that's got to be insane." I'm like, "I don't even, don't honestly, even I don't even know there's a cameraman out there except for once in a while you got to go down the proper side of the sheet so you don't get in their shot." But I don't even know they're out there. Like, I'm so, you get so laser focused on the game and the process, and then the rest of it just disappears. And I think, I bet any money, and granted. ID Chrysler Zombroda next week is the grand reopening. They'll have a shaved ice truck from 3 to 5 p.m. And the first 100 snow cones are free. I know I still love my black Jeep Cherokee I got from ID Chrysler. With 250,000 miles, my old car was just much for that poor thing to take. I found myself looking for my new dream ride, ID Chrysler. And the staff can be more helpful for me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out the inventory at ZombrodaCDJR.com or take the beautiful drive down US 52 to 1900 Roscoe Avenue, Zabrota, Minnesota, to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 6 p.m. and Saturday, 9 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Zabrota today and enjoy a safe summer season full of adventures and memories out in that open road in a new ride. I'll tell you about one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B-Dale Club, located in the corner counter of B. And Dale's motto is, a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun. And that is the stone cold truth. One more week of summer school, and I can come back and visit the beloved B-Dale. Looks like Cindy's had some great music there booked as of late. Natalie, Shelley, Dustin, the entire bar staff are all state-of-the-art cocktail wizards. As of late, my libation of choice is the classic Greyhound cocktail. They're to quote 16-time world champion Ric Flair. Taste their little devils. Live music, pool table, pull tabs, Tuesday night, chess society, bingo, meat raffle, bocce ball, Thursdays, and much, much more. B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one soon. As a musician, you got to take energy from the crowd. And, and that's where, like, embracing that energy. But for me, it's like embracing the opportunity of representing your country, but then fo- getting back to focusing on the process of how you got there. 
can really like drown out some of that pressure that you feel. Did you learn that philosophy? Yes. Because I, I teach actually at a philosophy college, a stoicism philosophy, and that's exactly what that is. That's the number thing one they think they teach. And I know in sports it's used a lot is just focusing on what you have control over, your best attempt at what you're doing opposed to what happens. Um, so is that, what you, is that where you learn that? I mean, yeah, it was it was over. Well, I mean, it was a lot of, you know, we have I have a neighbor who's a soccer coach, and they he's really big on the try fail fix thing, you know, and and yeah, I was for me to get there and figure it out halfway through the 2018 Olympics, it took a long walk and a conversation with my wife. To she's like, you got to be the skip that got your team there. I'm like, well, our team got our team there. I couldn't like separate what she was thinking or talking about. And finally, she's like, no dummy, like, what position do you play on your team? You play skip. Well, what are your jobs? And I was like, okay. You know, call great line, make the last shots, like do everything I can to have my teammates have their best game they've ever had and be that leader. She's like, okay, we'll be that skip dummy. I'm like, okay, um, how do I do that? And then for me, that was, it was a long, you know, probably a bunch of thinking and slept and woke up the next morning and realized that what I could control was, was being a great teammate and, and leading my team and, and, you know, telling my teammates, hey, I'm just going to go out here and try to be the best player i've ever been for you guys and and put the like show the work that we've put in to get here and whatever the results that come are fine and that's where you know this 2022 olympics people like man you know how'd you do if they didn't know or like oh finish fourth like that's gotta hurt i'm like you know what my people asked me prior to the olympics what does success look for you following up an olympic gold in 2018 and i said for me success is that our team goes to the olympics has a great time and performs great and whatever results follow don't matter. And I finishing, this was my favorite Olympics I've ever played in because we executed that throughout the entire Olympics and it got us into the medal round and had us yeah. in mm-hmm. chances to win that semifinal game against the best team. And, and that's Great Britain team we lost to in the semi might go down as, and granted, Sweden, who won the gold and who we beat to win gold in 18, and they've won five world championships together. Right now, they're like, okay, well, that's the greatest team in curling history. This team from Great Britain is super young, and they will, if they stick together and with it, and it's something they have passion for, they will take over as the best team of all time. And and we knew that, and that's where all we can control is how we're going to battle. And and this was a great Olympics for myself and our team that we did all of that, and we played great and had a great performance. And you know, I wasn't sitting; I there weren't tears shed, there wasn't anger following it. I was you know disappointed that what we did wasn't didn't get us on the podium but at the same point i was so proud of what we did and how we did it and i can't tell you how many people have came up to us since and been like man you guys represented us like i wish i was just in the flooring store in superior yesterday and a guy heard my last name he's like oh like the curler i'm like yeah that's me he's like man i wish that everybody that represented us for our country could could handle themselves the way you guys did there. Yeah. I was so damn proud. And that Absolutely. Was, and, and to me, that yeah. mat, that matters way more than like, oh, I'm so darn proud that you guys won us a gold medal. Like, that's a results-oriented compliment where this guy's like, the way you guys represented us, and we watched every minute, and we couldn't be more proud of how you represented our country. And I think that, getting so much of that after this 2022 Olympics, and even when I was there, it was, like I said, I think my favorite Olympics, you know, beginning to end because of... Right how we went there and did it exactly how we wanted to do it. And the result didn't happen, but it also lit a fire that, you know what? I think all of us were ready to, to give it one more run, like together as a foursome. And, you know, I, yeah. You all gelled though. I mean, it was beautiful on TV. And and we've gelled honestly like that for, from the day that 
Chris came onto our team. We took yeah. what we did in 2018 and only like went further and yeah. and that was yeah. the result and i was it was fun that the world got to see that often on my podcast right. i do the top five like we get groups of musicians together we talk about our top five beatles songs or top five blake shelton songs we discuss that whatever with you what would you say would be the mount rushmore of curlers in your view Ooh, the Mount Rushmore of curlers. <laughs> Man, that's... Uh, are we talking world curlers or U.S. curlers? Uh, no. Uh, what do you... Well, like the, so, um, in curling, you know, I think one of the people that's absolutely on Mount Rushmore is the other guy doing the announcing for NBC during this last Olympic. Kevin Martin was Kevin. kind of the innovator. He was the Canadian. guy who pushed yep. the curling envelope. Uh, and between strategy and training and the way you throw the rock and... I mean, he went undefeated at the 2010 Olympics, and they didn't even have a close game hardly. Uh, we pushed him during the game, and I was having a terrible Olympics, but we did something during the game that Kevin was like, you know, there's not a lot of people that see the game the way you see it, and gave me a lot of confidence going forward. And um, Another curler in Canada that I think is is right in there is a guy's name's Glenn Howard, and he won a world championship in four different decades. He won one in the, eight, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and the 2010s. That's how much longevity that guy had as a curler. Wow. Like, he won a world championship in four separate decades. Like, you know, that's where I'm going to try to go to Olympics in three separate decades, you know, going into this. Well, maybe I, I get 2000s, 10s, 20s. Okay, so sorry. I have three already. Maybe we'll try to get four. <laughs> so if I go to the Olympics in four decades, maybe we'll put me on that rush more. But... you just quit or what? what but no, and then, and then if you're just going with four people, like, I don't make this Mount Rushmore for sure, but... Uh, Nicholas Adine right now, who we beat in that 2018 gold medal game, now got Olympic gold, so he's got a gold, silver, bronze, and five world championships and as a skip. Worlds, like yeah. he's he's right up there. And then Brad Gushu, who is the Gushu. skip for this Canadian team at this last Olympics. The guy is, uh, I mean, he's won the most games ever at a Briar, which is the national championship in Canada, I think. And yeah, he's yeah, there can't be a Mount Rushmore without Brad on it. Brad so Gushu. he won the Briar this year, didn't he? He, he did. He went to the Worlds and they got silver three. to uh, Nicholas Adin oh, again. God. So yeah, that's, that was his fifth World Championship. Was that or the six, third maybe. three players? Somebody yeah, backed didn't, out. Yeah, no, didn't. they. Yeah, that's that's what happens with curling teams. And so it's interesting. Yeah. Um, curling teams every kind of go in four year cycles. Hopefully, that you have a team that goes for four years and you give it a run to get to the Olympics or to, you know go to yeah. the Olympics and win. And and his team had been together for I think two Olympic cycles and. They made it to the Olympics and got bronze this year. And uh, and one of the players, again, that's where in Canada residency rules get in the way because uh, to play in the Briar, their top national championship, three guys have to reside in the same province. And and Brett was, uh, you know, he's getting married, I think, this summer and moving to Alberta, and that was going to make it where they only had two that were living in Newfoundland. So, um, so uh, he went. And, you know, maybe that was part of it, and maybe he wanted to change the scenery because that happens in curling too, like just like with bands. Like after a <laughs> while, like you have yeah. – you have guys that you know, and, and honestly, fresh can be good. Fresh can also be cannot work out, but like yeah. you know, there's there could be a time where somebody just you know needs a change of pace after you get into something, and you can have a lot of. I've been with curling teams where you get into a lot of group think, and all of a sudden everybody seems to be doing the same thing together, and you don't have any of this, you know, inventiveness or innovation, and that's where like you know even for us like had Tyler been with us, you know, through this olympic cycle it might have went great you know it might have went bad like i would expect it would have continued to be great but like eight years together would our team be looking at going another four like i'm not sure because eight years together as a foursome Mm -hmm. is a long time Mm -hmm. whereas when chris came in it was like it was the same but it was new and then we got a couple years taken away from us so we felt like we didn't even get that much time together as a team and that makes it where all of us were like we're still hungry 
Mm-hmm. And and I think that's curling teams are probably very similar in bands. To it that is way like a band, absolutely, right. absolutely, because yeah. right. you travel together, you spend all this time on the road together. You know their families. You know everything. Yeah, and everything about them, and then and then life throws random things at random people. Mm-hmm. And you know we have one of my teammates is now going to become a father here coming up this summer, and and you know it's going to be their first child. And I know what kids did for me, and it and it made me better and and more thoughtful of, of you know teammates in life and. And honest in having, you know, even that perspective on, okay, curling isn't life and death. Like now, like family is Mm -hmm. what's really important in curling is something I get to do. Step onto the front porch to light a Tell me to tell me I'm 